Dave Lapham is one of my favorite guests ever, and I'm not just saying that. Mr. He's Cincinnati! He is so honest when he comes on and talks about the Bengals, and now it's his time to shine the analyst of the Bengals, Dave Lapham. How are you, Dave? Hello, Dave. Hey, Ford Elliott. How you guys doing, man? We're good. I was just looking online, your podcast, In the Trenches. You know, we've had Joe's father, Jimmy, on numerous times, and boy, yeah. he's a great guest. Great guy, isn't he? He is a great guy, yeah. He's a... Uh... You know, the apple didn't fall far from the tree there. And, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, I think part of Joe Burrow's uh, allure as such to his, with his teammates is he's a football player, not just a quarterback. I mean, Joe Burrow plays quarterback with a defensive mentality, with a linebacker mentality. I think that comes from Jimmy, you know, being the defensive wizard that he is. His two brothers played at Nebraska. So, I mean, <clears throat> Joe appreciates – the physicality, the contact, he appreciates football. You know, not just a quarter not just being a quarterback, and I think I think that that sells big with his teammates. He doesn't flinch, man. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting, uh, you know, about this team because if you, you know, just look at it from the outside looking in, not, you know, being there every day like you are, but you look at a guy like Zach Taylor the first two years from the outside, you're going, boy, is this another David Shula situation? Oh, but – I mean, you, you look from two bad years, even though he did improve the team with penalties and, and different stuff like that. But, boy, then you look at it year three, and it's like, where'd this come from? Outside of Joe. and the, You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean for sure. Uh, it's the biggest turnaround, greatest turnaround in NFL history. I mean, you know, you go 2-14. and 14, Good year to go 2-14 and 14 and be the worst team in the league, though, because you get Joe Burrow. Yeah. And that, that turned right. out to be a, a transcendent thing, you know, and then the following year, you improve. You have four wins and a tie, uh, and you get Jamar Chase. You know because you you were, had the fifth pick in the draft, so you have the first pick every round, the fifth pick every round, and you put the bat on the ball. And they built their offense through the draft, and defensively, they went out and uh, went into free agency, spent 125 million bucks uh, two years in a row on defensive free agents, and they got seven new starters and got them from franchises that had had success, like a couple of guys from the Saints, Hendrickson, Bell. Get Hilton from the Steelers, Ogan Joby from the Browns right at the year after they went to the playoffs and beat Pittsburgh in the first round of the playoffs. So all these players, defensive players, and unfortunately Ogan Joby's on the injury shelf right now, but they had a big impact, you know, on the defensive side of the football. So they used every uh, every way they could to build this football team. And, and they, the big thing, they traded Billy Price for B.J. Hill, and that's the gift that keeps on giving, man. B.J. Hill has had himself a great season, and he's playing at an even higher level that defensive tackle in the playoffs. And, of course, when they draft Chase, remember, there was a little criticism because a lot of people thought they needed the defensive help. What was that kid out of no, Oregon? Offensive, or offensive. offensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kid out of Oregon, there was no way to know with Chase. But, boy, that couldn't have worked out any better. Yeah, I mean, Penny Sewell, uh, great, great offensive tackle from Oregon. And, you know, it made sense. I mean, you know, I could, I could make an argument for both cases, Uh be Perry Moose and, and, and pull out some facts and create an argument. I mean, protecting Joe Burrow's blind side is paramount. You know, he just had a knee reconstruction. He had his ACL and MCL torn because they got beaten on the left side of the line of scrimmage and, and the guy shredded his knee. So now your quarterback only plays 10 games. So you want to make sure he stays up well. And then the other guy is a playmaker, touchdown maker. And he played with Joe Burrow at LSU. Yeah. Litnikoff Award for the best receiver in football. Joe gets the Heisman, and, and they win the national championship. And, and Joe says, yeah, this guy's legit. I've got a relationship with him. And, and boy, the rest is history, you know. And they uh, they end up 
uh, put scraping together enough of an offensive line. They're still going to have to work on that. In my mind, they're going to spend free agency money and draft choices uh, on the offensive line this offseason. We'll see how it goes. Bengals analyst Dave Lapham joins us. I wanted to ask you about Mike Brown, and I talked to people in the media at Cincinnati and said, as the years go by, Duke Tobin has more say. We know his daughter Katie's involved with the business side and signing the draft picks. But how much of the day-to-day is Mike Brown still doing, and is Duke Tobin doing more as the years go by? Yeah, you know, Mike Brown's 86 years old. So yeah. Mike Brown's, you know, he's, he's passing the torch from a responsibility uh, quite a bit, but he's still there at six o'clock every single morning. <laughs> he he, go, he goes to every single practice, rain, snow, sleet or hail. He's like the post office man. He's there, and 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 the players respect that. I mean, he's not he's not a multi billionaire owner that has all these other businesses and the football team's a hobby. The football team's his life. I mean, it's a football life, and not just him. Uh, his his uh, daughter, his son. Their kids. I mean, they get three generations now that are working in the Cincinnati Bengals organization. So it's like the Bidwells. It's, yeah, it's a, it's truly a family organization. Like the Rooneys, the Bidwells. I mean, there's fewer and fewer of those organizations left anymore. Um, and and to, at 86 years old, to go through the experience uh, in a positive way that Mike Brown's going through right now, you got to feel good for him. I mean, when he was up there accepting that Lamar Hunt Trophy as the AFC champion, and he had to be on cloud nine. The only thing better would be to take the Lombardi Trophy uh, on Sunday. That'd be awesome. And especially from, and I know people will call him cheap or whatever. Regardless, forget that because the team's playing in the Super Bowl. Could you imagine having Paul Brown as your dad, and then you do something that he didn't do, win a Super Bowl? I mean, that'd be so special for him. Yeah, but his dad won NFL championships. Yes, I mean, yes. It wasn't a Super Bowl. But his, dad, his dad's an icon. His dad's a living. You know, his dad was a living legend. Yeah, and he's and he's still a legend. Um, and 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 I think that's the thing. Uh, the first two times the Bengals went to the Super Bowl in the eighties, his dad was part of the picture. Now Mike Brown on this scenario here, going to Super Bowl fifty six, it's Mike Brown. You know uh, what he learned from Paul Brown is all very important. But his dad's not there. His dad's not there to lean on. His dad's not there to help in the decision-making process. Mike Brown, you know, was the was the top of the pecking order, and, and not Paul Brown. So I think I think there's a little bit of meaning there. I'll guarantee you that he was thinking about his dad when he was up there accepting the Lamar Hunt Trophy. But yeah, it's it would be it would be a big deal, I think, for Mike Brown personally, and for his family, and for the community, and for everybody in the tri-state area to get that Super Bowl. Now I I know is. It changes, it differs team to team, city to city. But as radio analyst for the Bengals, are you employed by the Bengals or are you employed by WLW? I w- I'm an independent contractor. And okay. I was, employed, I was employed as an independent contractor in both uh, in both instances. But it, this, it's gone back and forth. I've been doing it for 37 years, whatever the hell it is. I played for 10, and it's yeah, it's like 40, 47 or 48 years with the organization and. Uh, it's gone back and forth, but I'm an independent contractor, so I'm not a full-time employee either way. Yeah, because if you're getting a paycheck out of the team, it's got to be tough to criticize them when it's needed. But Davis, if they're, you if have, they're though, signing Dave your has. check, yeah, that's what I. I yeah, that's got to be highly uncomfortable, and yet you still got to do it as the analyst, right? Well, you know, that's one thing that uh, Mike Brown very early on he said, you know, you're, you're in this role for a reason. I uh, trust uh, your football intelligence, your preparation. If you feel like, uh, you know, you, you have an opinion based on your research and, and your approach to 
what you saw during the week and the, how the game unfolded. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm all, I'm all with it. He has never, ever tried to edit or interfere or anything nice. like that. And it's like he's, uh, he's been great that way. There's no question about it. The, the only thing that I would never do, I would never, you know, like, like uh, you know, people that go on social media and, and, and make fun of the family and rip the family. Right. I know what it's like. To, I know what it's like to be a father and a grandfather and all that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to rip people. Uh, I'm just going to criticize potential, you know, football decisions that had an impact on whatever the case may be. But I'm certainly not going to, you know, uh, he's cheap. He's this. He's right. I'm not going to rip guys' uh, reputations and character and all that. I'm not going to do that. No, because I know you were a big fan of Andre Smith. I'm joking because you were critical of the guy. You know, you you wouldn't hold back when he a player played bad. You'd be go. I'd like listen to you and go. Wow, that's refreshing. A top draft pick, and you took him to task when he deserved it. Yeah, I've had some uh, instances now walking around the locker room where players have, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, oh, 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 oh yeah, you you think that's the case? I mean, I've had a couple of cases where people, uh, you know, it's almost got down to a, a challenge here. Let's throw down a little bit. So it's been interesting over the years. <laughs> hey, Dave, have you ever heard? That's, that's great. Have you ever heard the old Harry Carey, Mark Ray story? No. Okay, so, you know, Harry Carey, the Cubs broadcaster, and he sure. – Said something about Mark Grace, and Grace has a great personality, and he made a joke. You know, someone said, hey, Harry Carey was criticizing you, and Grace said, well, tell Harry I want a piece of him. So he was obviously <laughs> just joking. So the next day in the locker room, Harry Carey comes downstairs and got in Grace's face and said, hey, I heard you wanted to fight me. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Hey, uh, take us what do you remember? You know, you played the first time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, the Ice Bowl leading up to it. Tell us what you remember about the Super Bowl you played and where they lost to the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Freezer Bowl, that was uh, such a famous deal. It was nine below raw temperature, 59 below wind chill. The Ohio River was frozen. There were trucks driving across the Ohio River. It was crazy. Mm. It was absolutely nuts. I was The Ohio River was just a frozen block of ice. <laughs> wow. And, uh, it, it, the game almost got uh, postponed. I mean, they came close to, to not playing that football game, but we ended up, you know, beating the Chargers in that freeze ball game when we advanced. And um, we, we played pretty error-free foot, football, particularly through the playoffs, and that's one thing that you have to do, particularly in the biggest game. Uh, you have to play a clean football game. You can't self-destruct. You can't have turnovers. You can't have penalties. You can't have mental errors. You have to play a smart, clean football game. We did just the opposite. In the biggest games of our lives, we turned it over four times. They only had one. We went minus three. Had a goal line stand they had against us because on three of the four plays, the goal line stand, we had an assignment error that was critical at the point of attack that killed us. And uh, so they get a, a stop there, which is equivalent to another turnover because the, the uh, drive didn't end in a kick, a punt, field goal, or extra point. We just turn it over on downs. In my mind, that's another turnover. So we really went minus four. They're good enough to beat us without all the help. So we put ourselves on our schedule, and we beat ourselves along with the 49ers beating us. And that's the most disappointing and memorable thing in my mind of Super Bowl 16 is we didn't go out and play the football, the kind of football game we had played getting to the Super Bowl. So that's my advice to the to the team. You know, just just go out, relax, uh, be comfortable. Enjoy the moment. Go out and play the football you've played all season long. Don't try to do anything differently. Don't try to do more than you're supposed to do. Just do your job. Don't try to be Superman. Just do your 111th. 11 guys on the football field, offense, defense, 
do your 111th and leave it at that. That's and you know good what's, advice. Yeah, That's and, good. And the amazing with this, with Joe Burrow, and we mentioned it before, he's cocky, you know, which is good, but he doesn't come off like a jerk. Like some sometimes you see, Dave, you know what I mean, where you see a quarterback and he acts cocky and you go, oh, that guy. But he doesn't see, come off as a jerk, which is, is amazing in a social media type age. Yeah, I think I think I call it an earned confidence is what he's got. You know, it's it's not it's not high and mighty. It's just an earned confidence. And and you look you look back on the kid's career in high school. He lost a state championship game it was a shootout. Both teams scored over half a hundred, and he threw for a bunch of yards, a bunch of touchdowns. Loses a close football game, but he played exceptionally well. And then in college, he has the run in the college football playoffs where. You know, he, he throws seven touchdowns against Oklahoma, yeah. whatever the heck he did, and, and, and runs through the playoffs and, and wins the Heisman and wins the national championship, undefeated, gets drafted first pick of the draft and goes to the Bengals. Now in the second year, uh, he, in the playoff games, he rose his level of play to another level, and now he's in the Super Bowl. Uh, he answers the bell. The bigger the game, the bigger he plays. So uh, I, I, have a, I have a pretty strong feeling that this football team is going to play a game where they're not going to self-destruct. I, I have a feeling that they're going to play a really solid football game. And the one thing they can't do, which they've done quite often this year, is dig a hole. They did it against Kansas City, 21-3 to deficit, and come back to beat them. I mean, that gives you confidence you can come from behind. But I don't yeah. recommend getting behind 21-3 in the Super Bowl, I can tell you that. We were down 20 nothing at the half, 26-21 final. If you get down three scores, man, against a good team, that's tough sledding. And with all the Bengals pass rush with uh, Sam Hubbard and Hendrickson on the on the sides, I mean, it's not like Matt Safford's uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's a guy you can sack. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that's going to be the biggest one of the biggest keys in the Super Bowl protection pressure. You know, I mean, the, the Bengals gave up over fifty sacks. The Rams generated fifty sacks, third most in the NFL. They got two of the best pass rushers in the NFL, Von Bell. Uh, excuse me, Von Miller is, is uh, the, the leading active player in terms of number of sacks. Nobody, no active player has more quarterback sacks than Von Miller. And then you got Aaron Donald in there. And then you got Floyd in there as a linebacker slash defensive end rush guy. He's got nine and a half sacks. They get three guys with nine and a half sacks or more. So going to have to protect Joe Burrow. And then on the other side of it, like you said, Hendrickson and Hubbard, they combine for 27 sacks, you know, now during the regular season in the playoffs. The H boys are going to bring it. Uh, who's going to be able to pressure the quarterback? Who's going to be able to give their quarterback uh, not only time but space? You know, give them space to see the football field, um, you know, uh, diagnose it and dissect it because both quarterbacks are capable of doing it. Well, you better order up some uh, Skyline Chili Columbus for Sunday, right, Dave? <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. My daughter would appreciate that. She's vice president of marketing of Skyline. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. nice. Well, my, my wife's from Cincinnati, so, so I don't even, like, my kids, honest to God, Dave, don't know what chili is without noodles. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but, Thank you, Dave. Guys, appreciate the time as always. Have a good one. Class acts, man.